We've been getting uh, a lot of people. I'll call them people. Uh, who are reaching out. That's nice. <laughs> reaching out to the podcast to be on it and you know give their pitch of of what kind of value or content that they can you know provide to to the podcast and we probably shoot down nine out of ten people um probably more than that honestly because what it really seems like is that all of these people seem like they have something to sell our audience and that's just that's just not who we are and in other words what i'm saying is there are a lot of gurus that are are coming out like they they're like a lead gen agency or they sell like their course or something like that and my first reaction which i think is the same one as yours is like do you even listen to the podcast oh yeah always yeah like, we like we clown on you and, <laughs> but but it's also really weird because there's like a catch-22 because i mean i don't i don't want to say this i don't um i don't admire billy jean and I don't admire Ty Lopez and I don't admire Grant Cardone and I don't admire these people. That's a good um, word. Yeah. Yeah. Admire. Mm. Because I don't agree with a lot of their business philosophy and practices or even their marketing. Um, I do think they're all, all three of them are great marketers independently. For sure. But I don't, I, but I, but I, we've talked about it before. We would want them on the podcast. Come on the podcast. Absolutely. Mm. A, little bit, a little bit of it's selfish because a little bit, a little bit of it is like, us being like, you're a big name. People know you. That'll be good. <laughs> Thanks for the clout. Yeah. Yeah. And and the other reason is too, is that it's like, I, I think it'd be really good content. Honestly, those guys have historically produced really good content. Um, whether you agree with it or not is, is up for debate. But um, we, I've been faced with a couple situations relatively recently where we've had some gurus or course creators, and maybe I'm offending them by calling them gurus, but um, I don't care. Um, uh, technically we're gurus, I guess, to an extent, but stop it. No, don't. I'm gonna, mm -mm. don't I mean, do that to me. <laughs> <laughs> I Look, can't. If it, if it sounds like a duck and walks like a duck. I can't, I can't, man. <laughs> uh, but the question that I ask ourselves is, is where do we draw the line between not bringing fake gurus on and interviewing somebody like Ty Lopez or, or somebody big like that. And I really wanted to, to, ch to change who answers that and put it back onto the listeners on the audience. Do you want to keep the same content that we've had on this podcast where it's mostly just us, myself and Cody talking. And then every now and then we do get a very reputable person. Like we had Tim solo from Ahrefs on who um, um, is a very big name in the community not a scammer, not a grifter, not a guru. Yeah. Um, we had um, um, Ilya Markov from Toggle, big company. Um, we had um, what Mike Begg from AMZ. Mm -hmm. um, advisors, yeah. Yeah, advisors. We're, we didn't even know Mike. He was actually someone who reached out. Actually, his PR person reached out to us. And after doing research on him, we determined that like he doesn't have a course to sell. He doesn't have any of this, anything for our audience at all. And we're like, yeah, bring it on. Like, we don't know anything about e-commerce. Come on. Um, mm -hmm. And and those are the people that I really wanted to have on the podcast. The problem is, is like, there's other people who have bigger audiences who do want to be on the podcast. I just, I don't know if I can consciously let them pitch their product. Yeah, look, I... <sighs> In my head, this happens a lot. Things in my head are different from the real world. Um, in my head, with this podcast, when we started, I thought, and I hope this, I don't mean to crap on anybody. I don't mean it in a bad way when I say this. So please don't take it that way. But in my head, we were, we're doing a legitimate thing. And we're going after legitimate people, right? Um, so real business. Uh, and that's what we do. That's what we wanted to to talk to. And that's who we wanted to have as listeners. Um, I think, and, and again, I say all of this because I was in that world. I lived in guru land. This was a long time ago now. Um, I think we're getting a lot more people who have been deceived by guru land and they want the legitimate stuff. And they're seeing that that's what we're cranking out and that we're not talking about those things in those ways because it's I hate it. I just hate it so much for a lot of reasons. Um, and there are gurus with varying level of legitimacy, right? Some of them have some good content or uh, in some aspects have some things right. Um, and 
I say all of this, um, as I'm saying this, I'm thinking in my head too, that people can say the same things about us, right? Yeah, they do this well, but not this, whatever. Um, but my point is that if we're getting more people who are coming from that world, that they were originally introduced to this, this career, this concept, this industry through guru world, and they had nothing else before that. Um, then in that case, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what they want us to be talking about when it comes to guests or uh, who we are willing to have on discuss things with. And if so, what to talk to them about, because it's like you said, Jake, you sent me one and I was looking through it and look, um, I can't say I can't even say this nicely. If you're a certain age, if you aren't very old yet <laughs> and you are running uh, 12 companies or something yourself, you're already out for me. <laughs> right. I mean, realistically, um, there's a limit on what somebody can realistically, realistically accomplish in their lifetime from, you know, from zero. Um, and when we vet these things and we look at them and we see that, like this, this is too fishy. Right. Um, and, and by fishy, it's like, I'm not saying those might be all legitimate companies, but as for what those companies are doing, they might be, one's barely operating if anything and everything's actually going just through one company and they have these shell companies or whatever. Right. When I think of real business, I think of people dedicated to their companies and making them grow and uh, knowing their limitations and, and not overextending themselves and not doing the, Oh, I'll start 10 companies to find the one that works. Right. Because I think that's usually a cop out to not try hard in one of your companies. Mm -hmm. They're looking to the get rich quick. And not necessarily like get rich quick scheme, but like get rich quicker than most people take 10 years to do. Um, you know, five years versus 10 years is like technically get rich quick. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, we, we vet these, these people like we, I, I look really hard. Um, I'll look the like, you know, top reviews from all these sites, but then I don't believe that. I'm like, are they fake? So then I'll look in Reddit forums. I'll type in their company plus scam. And like, I, I will look deep for for this because i don't want our audience to be grifted or um you know get involved in something that we don't necessarily promote and if someone is has courses we're not promoting that we just want the con we want them to talk about what they do and how they can help our audience and i don't want them their advice to help our audience to be to buy their course or to sign up for whatever thing they're doing and um so but we also have to, you know, consciously think of something too, which, which is if, you know, they ha already have a following, is it also advantageous for us to, to get them on the podcast and then promote mm -hmm. to their following and maybe get them over to us, um, you know, and, and provide actual actionable free advice. Uh, so it's, it's the internal struggles that we play, the dichotomy of, of being a guru, but anti-guru at the same time. Yeah, don't call us gurus, please. <laughs> don't do it. But really, okay. So, Can I call us wizards? Uh, <laughs> I'll take wizard. That's fun. <laughs> please call me a wizard. Uh, yeah, no, really. Um, please, I think the point of this is send us a message and saying say what you would like to see from guests when we do have them on, uh, especially if they're guru-e or guru-esque, um, what kind of content you want to be hearing from them. And... And if, um, if you even care about how legitimate their business is, maybe we're overthinking this too. And maybe you now everybody has useful things to say. So I don't want to, I don't want to knock people if, if they do have good content to put out. So just give us, shoot us an email, send us a message, visit the site um, and, and give us some feedback. So we have something to go off of. Yeah. This wasn't supposed to be 10 minutes long. Um, this is technically the cold open, but I didn't want to say it. I just want, I wanted you to listen to this because we do want feedback. Um, so yeah, look in the show notes. There's, you can go to our, our website and you can fill out a form. You can email me and us. I think we have a general contact in there, but then, yeah. um, you can, I, I'm going to, if I remember, I'm going to change the Spotify question into from like, what did you think of this episode to like the actual question, which is, do you want to see these kinds of people on the podcast? And just keep in mind, we can't grill them because we can't just, we, we can grill them to a certain extent, but we can't like dump on them, um, during the podcast. So, we have to we have to play the line of, you know, 
asking the hard hitting questions, but also not being condescending to them while they're on the show. So, yeah, it's just not our style, too. I mean, we're not. I, I don't know. Do I want to be? My natural reaction is. Like, <laughs> okay, sorry. But like, <laughs> but I just, I can't. <laughs> okay, good, I'll, yeah, let look. me talk for myself. Uh, it's not my style. <laughs> I'm not gonna, I can't just be mean. I, well, that makes it sound like you're just mean for no reason. Um, I other agency owners, because I already go in with a level of skepticism. Sure. And, like, I, I don't, I don't like give people a clean slate. I, in, in the agency space, you have to prove respect that i mean that's the unfortunate consequence of the people in the industry so okay yeah i don't i i don't know i'm i'm naive with how much i think everything can be you know sunshine and rainbows um and i operate from that perspective until somebody makes it not that and then i'm like okay well you're dead to me now so um (laughs) Maybe, maybe i'll change my tune later on but that's just how i feel now maybe i'm a little immature on the whole subject but i I already don't trust a lot of people. Oh, it's fine. Um, it takes all kinds, right? But, okay, so I have a segue. Oh, you do? To yeah, to the actual topic that we're talking about. Do it, yeah. Um, it it is kind of a cold open. It is a question, and it has to relate to a guru uh, that I follow on Facebook for shits and giggles. Um, but she posted something on. Uh, Ooh, she! I like that. <laughs> the help our image about well, the bros. <laughs> diversity. <laughs> Um, she posted on her story that said, uh, it was like, just like a, one of those dumb influencer videos with like no words and just some music that had some text over it. And it was, uh, she said, uh, zero to 10 K or no. Um, she said, yeah, zero to 10 K is harder than 10 K to a hundred K per month because of leverage. I don't think I actually think this was an actual full video. It was like a two minute long video. It was like of her talking. Now that I'm thinking about this, and because she explained what leverage was, and it was basically like leverage was you being able to use your clout in your portfolio and all this stuff to then scale to that hundred k. Whereas between zero and ten k, you don't have that, and you have to. And then I I looked at that and I was like, bullshit, no way. Zero to ten k is f- way easier than than ten k to a hundred k. Have you even tried going to a hundred k per month? Now, yeah, we're uh, doing it. We're so, trying. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I, I we we hit close. We had we had like an eighty k month last year. Um, um, it was big. Uh, March. I think. Oh, sorry. I was even thinking. To me, when when any of the, people say these numbers, I'm thinking of uh, what? Sorry, let me get the words right. Gross profit. I'm not thinking oh, of revenue. Yeah. I don't care yeah, about revenue at all. Yeah, no, no, I know. This is this is everything is revenue for the sake of just continuity. Uh, well, that means nothing. That's worthless. Well, yeah, I want so, I want a hundred k a month in profit. But, <laughs> so that's okay. like two hundred k a month then uh, in, okay, in MRR. Okay. So I even if it is revenue, e- like even if it is revenue, just yeah. just scale it down to half. You know, zero to five k versus you know. 50k or you know 5k to 50k um the latter is always going to be harder because i i talked to lauren about this too um my fiance and i was like this post is stupid because this just screams i haven't made it to 10k yet or like i haven't made it to 20k or 30k or 40k because zero 10k you can do by yourself without any 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 internal systems you can get you can do a be a high ticket consultant and you can you can charge 2k a month and get five clients and keep them on for two months and boom you've got you know 10k a month um and then as long as you create a process for yourself you can sustain that but the problem is now that you go from 10k to 100k that's an exponential amount of more clients you also have to produce you can't do this on your own now you have to have an internal team and Trust me, you're not going to outsource to 100k a month, and um, you can outsource some things, but not the actual marketing. I don't think. And um, but that it is the the systems and the scaling is far more difficult than the zero to 10k. And that was my original belief on that, and I wanted to get your take on that. Well, I agree. Uh, I think <laughs> end of speech. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Man, you know how sometimes you can say things in the most nice way, 
but no matter what, it still isn't a nice thing to say or it can't come across nicely. That's how I feel about this. If, if, because I believe that it's true for some people. I believe that some people, for them, it would be harder to go from zero to 10 than 10 plus. Um, And this is what I'm about to say, which I don't think there's a nice way to say it. I think they have behavioral issues. I think they have ego problems. Oh, okay. I was like, wait, what? I, I think if you struggle because zero to 10 K is being humble. I know you hate the word humble. I like, you don't like when I'm like, you, you know, cause humble culture and all that, but I am it's the, the truth. most humble person that you've ever met. <laughs> it's, it's the truth. Look, if starting from zero anywhere, no matter what you got to be humble. And if you, if you struggle to drop your ego and, and be very just bare and honest with somebody, then yeah, that's going to be very hard. And I think if that's the hardest thing for you, then yeah, you got a problem with that. Um, it's a it's a completely different grind. And I don't know anybody who says anybody who I relate to, anybody that I can vibe with, um, because I don't vibe with the people who have I don't if you got an ego problem, I I got a problem with you. I'm sorry. Like and I don't I don't mean problem with you as in like I don't like you, but like I can't we're gonna have a hard time talking. Which unfortunately um, is like ninety percent of the gurus. Uh, I'm gonna say a hundred percent. I guess if you're not including us <laughs> In the guru space, which I think for all intents and purposes, Cody doesn't like to hear this, but we I are gurus. It. Stop it. Uh, some people refer to us as that, but I, I think I have an ego problem to an extent, but I'm also self-aware. Yeah. I remember one time you sent me, this is when Airbuds first came out, and you're like, you sent me a picture, you had him, you're like, look, I'm a douchebag. And I thought that was hilarious. You know? When was that? It was funny. When Airbuds came, when I, or when, like, I when they first came Airbuds. out and everybody was making fun of them and just being sticks. Oh, um, right. this was so this had to be like 2017. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Holy cow. But I thought it was hilarious. And it, it does show the self-awareness. But of course, the trend has changed so much at this point where people are like, well, you don't have, you know, 2016, December, December. Yeah, December 13th, 2016. So in 2017, probably in like July, mm-hmm. when I first started talking to you, yeah. like in, in a non-work setting. That's hilarious. You're like, how do you remember these things? I remember stuff, dude. <laughs> I don't know. This is insane. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're very self-aware. Um, I, it's, and it's with gurus and stuff, it's very obvious. Um, when you see someone doing business, but wanting to be a guru, like they're doing business for the sake of being a guru, because that's what they actually want. Um, nah, it's tough for me. I don't know. Mm. But Anyway, this wasn't even what I, I had something I wanted to talk about. And this wasn't even you, yeah, you but did the transition a, but, right. But, and then I brought it back to the bad place. But yeah, yeah. It's like, I mean, it is a good transition because we we're talking about money and gurus. Yeah. Um, some of the stuff that I see out there and hear out there uh, doesn't add up <laughs> financially. When people talk about the numbers and stuff and it's just <clears throat> I can tell that they've they read a book. They read a couple books they decided that this is good enough that I can reteach it. Um, and they don't, there's not enough context. There's not enough definitions. Things aren't clear cut enough to just do the things that they're doing when it comes to explaining their finances. So uh, let's talk about gurus a little bit more as it pertains to finances. When you're a guru and you define your audience about who you're going to talk to and how you're going to teach them, the, the mass audience gurus are going after newbies. Because newbies are a bigger audience than established agencies. And if you go at newbies, teaching them finances of a established agency, it's not going to work. It's not going to go well. You can't teach them that. And I'll explain why. But there's a difference. Your finances evolve as the agency grows, right? Um, and, and doing that to a complete newbie is honestly, I mean... Yeah, it, it's arguably harmful as opposed to just figuring out themselves. I, I think if you just use simple logic, deductive reasoning, you'll have a better uh, outcome than using some of the things that they're describing. Um, now, if they're going after established agency owners and that's who they're guruing to and they're teaching that, okay, that makes sense. But I think most people aren't clarifying that. If you would, you would say, look, if your agency is doing 10K plus, each month, monthly recurring uh, gross profit, then I'm talking to you. But that's not happening. 
people aren't saying that sort of thing. That's not how they're defining the group and that sort of audience. So that's not helpful either. You got to be clear because this stuff does evolve over time. And the, the number one tell that I see about this is payroll. So when you're small and you're just one person, you are payroll. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, now, of course, you'll see the ones that are like, ah, yeah, you know, you, you don't do the work. You're going to outsource. Look, that's, I'm not talking to you. That's a different crowd. If you're going to go down that route. Um, I don't understand why you start a business. You don't know how to do yourself. That's weird I, to me. I do want to have an episode later on where we do talk about why we don't outsource. Um, and um, because this this question got brought up, oh, well, and this is sorry, this is a detract. I'll, I'll end in like a minute. But I had I had a great question to ask, and it was like, how many multi million dollar agencies do you personally know that are built off of outsourcing? Zero. Zero. Yeah. So shut. Not a single one. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, man, I clown on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So again, I don't know why you'd start a business that you don't know how to do yourself. That's weird. Don't do that. Uh, assuming that you do know how to do it. If you start out and you're, you're at zero, you are payroll. There's no differentiation, even from a legal structure. I'm assuming that if you're at zero, you're not going to S corp because you have no salary and you have no means of creating your salary. Uh, I've seen people say that, in an agency where people are inventory in hours, that payroll should be below 10%, 20%, something like that. If you're offering services alone, it's not going to happen. And if it is, honestly, you're you're being disrespectful <laughs> to your team. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, disrespectful in a couple of ways. Either either one, you're you're just paying them a low wage for your the country you hire in. Or I, I was asked this question too, like, is we have an employee in Colombia. But but she's not an employee. She's a contractor for legal reasons, but she's treated like one. She has a work email. She has she's expected to work in her hours and in the tools that we give her. Um, and um, there but she has a contract with us. And is that outsourcing? Because I don't I don't think it is. I think it's just a it's it's a legal barrier that we have to do in order to employ her. Um, mm -hmm. And. Um, but there's like other things like you can, you know, you can do the thing that we're doing, but in the Philippines, but just pay shit, like just pay them four bucks an hour. And, and that's when you get those like 10 to 20% payroll, um, estimates. And then, so it's either like, well, you're either being legitimate about your numbers or you're just an asshole. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, I, I mean, I, I, I I get I get spicy about that and like I have no reason to do it because it, it's just a business model and like I just don't ethically agree with it. Um, so okay, here's what I can say about it because that's this that's a huge rabbit hole. What I can say is being disrespectful. I I think it's going to be a hard time to have a good relationship with your team, and I think that's important. If you're employing people, you're giving them jobs that you have a response. I think. You have a responsibility to be a good boss if you're going to be one, right? You don't have to be a boss. Nobody's out here saying that you have to do this. So if you're going to do it and you're going to sign up for it, do a good job, right? You don't even want to be a boss. I don't. I hate it. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Um, <laughs> it's it's just this uphill battle for me fighting myself because the only way I can do the things that I want to do involve this. Um, but if you're going to do it, then be a good one and be a nice one. And I think... If you if you're stuck at doing payroll so low for an agency that it's it's going to be a problem. So I think agencies are different than other businesses when it comes to payroll allocations, because so, again, we'll start in the order when it's just you, you are payroll. That's simple. It's easy, straightforward. As you grow, if people want their payroll allocation under 20 percent, you are an agency and you have nothing else going on. People are your inventory inventory or hours people are your hours they're the ones doing the work you have no other expenses you, you have some right and yeah like that's fine domain email things like that i mean but we're talking yeah you're gonna tell me that that's 50 percent of your business is yeah. domains and software and like that that's a problem right there to me you, <laughs> that's something to avoid because your number one as an agency your number one business biggest expense to me is your people Mm -hmm. as they should be, right? They, they run the business. I mean, people, people would say, 
you can do this in any business and say, ah, that should be anywhere, but especially for an agency because you have nothing else going on. It, a remote agency. Let's put let's put let's put an asterisk on that. A remote agency, like not only do you not have a cost of goods sold, um, well, depending on how you do finances, we do. We have ad spend, but besides ad spend, we have nothing. We don't even have um, capital. Uh, there's no building. There's no rent. There's there's nothing. So, if payroll isn't our biggest expense, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. So. I want to bash that. <laughs> I want to bash <laughs> people saying that where they, they were trying to get payroll so low because um, I don't know. I, I don't know where else they want to put other than profit, right? They want to pay themselves higher and that sort of thing. Um, but let's talk about this two, two tiers, at least in the US. You have your, your LLC where it's just an LLC and you don't yet elect to S Corp. Um, by electing to S Corp, that's a tax thing. So when you elect to S Corp, you can then give yourselves, you can give people... Um, or yourself a set salary, make yourself an employee of the company. And then your profit comes in distributions as opposed to just draws when you're in an LLC. The biggest thing is you're not, you're not taxed um, like Medicare or Medicaid or whatever, social security on a hundred percent of the profit. When you're an S corp, you're only taxed on the salary that you elect. So everything over that, that the business receives in profit um, that you would get distributions in is only taxed at a uh, corporate tax rate. So yep. when you get that distributed to you, you're just taxed. It's just a, I don't know what tax it is at that point. It's just a profit tax. But anyways, it's less than if you got Social Security and everything taken out from there. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, the income tax bracket goes pretty high and your profit distributions are lower than that. So the goal is that when you can, when the business is stable enough, you switch over. You switch over and then you... Like to S Corp, you give yourself a salary, you take your profit distributions because it's advantageous for tax purposes. On top of that, I mean, there's also some stability with it too. Okay, look, now you are taking your salary. You can rely on that. You're not sure what your monthly draw is going to be every month, that sort of thing. I mean, you you know, you can expect what you're getting every month. Um, that's a different system too. That That's a whole lot easier. Once you're that size, you're able to do that. And then you can predict what your payroll how much money your allocation is going to payroll, including you, which you can now do easily. Um, once you do that, that's when it's easy to do what a lot of these gurus are saying, where they're like, okay, you know, for an agency, I don't care. I'm just making up numbers. Your payroll should not exceed 55% of um, monthly recurring gross profit, right? Up until you elect to S Corp, there's this gray area of being uncomfortable of you you're so small because it doesn't in the grand scheme of things when you when you like to ask corp you're not comparatively that big you have a whole lot higher to go (laughs) it's once you hit that tier there's a whole lot further up that you can go as opposed to just the first part of getting to electing to ask corp so getting to that point your your payroll expenses for your team if you lose one person or if you have to hire two people, these percentages change drastically, right? It's it's insane how much we're talking double digit changes in what your uh, payroll allocation is of your monthly recurring gross profit sort of deal. So if you want to set that in place, I think that you're really hindering your business and what you're able to do and what you should do as the owner of the business because you signed up for this. You're the one who's in control of doing the allocations to keep things stable, prepared for growth, right? You're you're responsible for the money. So are you setting things up for the perfect balance of everything that you need it to be? So until then, until you ask Corp, I think payroll is going to be a fluid thing and that it has to be and that you can't do it super smoothly without accepting that just because you know that all it takes is one person to leave or one person to get hired. And then things changed insanely. Again, unless, like Jake said, that's a good point. I didn't, I didn't think too much about that because I just, I was assuming that people weren't going that route. But even if you did, I think it, it's still, I, I have a hard time imagining in an agency setting that you have so much money going to any other place other than yourself. And that's where I'm saying it's a problem that payroll should be the number one thing that fluctuates everything else i want to say it's it's you can listen to our episode with uh, uh david tobin about like selling an agency 
because I think when when an agency is it, it's I want to say it I want to make um make an assessment and an assumption that it's impossible to get get an agency to the two million dollar mark like a service based agency to the two million dollar mark without payroll being thirty to fifty percent and um which which automatically excludes two things uh one it excludes people trying to charge exorbitantly high and not delivering the quality of service or not delivering the effort. And then two, it also excludes the people who are outsourcing or paying low wages in foreign countries, because you can do that and you can be very profitable in doing that. Um, But profitability and scale and size are two different things. Mm -hmm. And when you can get to like, I would rather own a agency that did 2 million that had a profit margin of 20% than an agency that was 500,000 that had a profit margin of 50%. Because, um, and, and when I say this, I assume that in both situations, you're S-corped and the, your salary as the owner is included in payroll and not in profit. Um, and the reason why is because that agency at 500,000 is less likely to scale much further beyond that. Um, where technically the owners are bringing home more, they're bringing like two hundred fifty, three hundred thousand dollars, whereas like that two million dollar, um, you know, split by how many owners there are, that two million dollar agency had twenty percent profit, they're bringing home a little bit less, maybe one fifty to two fifty, um, and uh, but that two million dollar agency has, they've set their agency up right, they're ready to go to four million, and they're ready to go to five and six. That five hundred thousand dollar, they're going to struggle, um, with churn internally. And with clients and you don't have to take our word for it. I guess you can waste five to 10 years of your life and try to figure it out on your own. But <laughs> like there, like, it just goes back to the saying, what I said earlier in the episode, tell me how many people, how many agency owners, you know, doing over a million were a hundred percent of their services out is outsourced. Mm-hmm. And there isn't, uh, you know, the, and you can reference people like Iman Gachi who says that th- that was his business model. And he says he sold his agency for 2 million. And he also said that you can't get an agency much past 2 million, um, which isn't true. You, you probably can if you outsource, but um, that doesn't count because you don't know him. I mean, wait, wait, wait. He's, he was saying an agency in general, you can't get past 2 million. Yeah, correct. Yep. Oh, geez. He's on video. I have a link of the video of him saying this. Oh dude, I've got some people you should talk to. <laughs> <laughs> oh man that's too bad so anyways like it's just kind of like i i think you've got to get out of that mindset of super quick profit like if you're talking low skilled labor to deliver the services so you can keep payroll really low and you can pad your own pockets um not even mentioning that not even talking about how greedy that is but the fact that that is not sustainable you can do that for a year or two years, but one, you're going to get burnt out and two, you're going to make a really bad name for yourself in the industry. And it's just going to like, I don't know. I'm trying to be like a father figure to you. <laughs> and I know at the end of the day, you're probably not going to listen to me. You're probably going to go try to do your own thing and be like, ah, screw fine. you, Jay, yeah. screw you ever bros. Like, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> and maybe we don't, but like off of the business model that Cody and I have created, the other successful agency owners that we are closely connected to, none of them have that model. And I'm not going to take the word from some internet YouTube guru on how successful their agency was when they're not even in the Inc. 5000 list. Yeah, you said said that though. And I had a a moment of self-awareness where I thought, wait a second, what if people are or recording me, they're listening to me and what I've recorded and then saying back, I'm like, I don't even remember some of the stuff I said. So hopefully not. <laughs> I've noticed that we, so I've been listening, I've mentioned this before, but I've been re-listening to all the episodes. And by that, I mean, I've been re-watching all of our episodes because we're getting them all put together and put on YouTube. And some people are like, yeah, but when is that going to happen? You keep talking about it. It's happening. Um, so I've been re-watching them. And what I've noticed is that we're actually really consistent with like everything that we say. Ah, cool. Good job. Which is cool because we riff 90% of these. So, yeah, I think, uh, I think people would be disappointed when they see me on video, but I'm, yeah, I get that. But anyway, (laughs) we did just cut our first short, our first, um, I haven't shown you this though, but I I have our first, uh, like TikTok or short or real, whatever platform you're watching that on. 
Um, it is with uh, Tim Solo from HBO. Oh, cool. So it's mostly okay. him. You're not in it at all. So. Great. I love that. That's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to probably get an Everbros TikTok, Instagram, Facebook page up just so I can post that and then just be like, Hey, here you go, Tim. Congratulations. You're our first reel. <laughs> We're pimping you out. Thanks buddy. Yeah. yeah. So, um, okay. So there's something I wanted to call out cause you said it you're talking about higher profitability at a lower size and then a, a lower profitability at a higher size, but still percentage wise winning. Right. Mm-hmm. You can, you got to be conscious of this when you're doing it, right? You can wind up working more and making less. And you want to make sure that you avoid that, obviously. Like, I, I, it feels like a dumb thing to say, but please be conscious of that and avoid doing it. There's an equilibrium. Mm -hmm. But you, you should expect profit to go down the percentage as you get bigger. The margin. Because, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're going to have other expenses that you're now concerned with and dealing with, and they're going to come up, right? That's unavoidable. Um, so I think I was just going to share um, not our percentages, but just the categories that we put things in to give people ideas of what they might want to wall well, off their money for. Why don't you? Oh, the percentages. Yeah, you're going to give the percentages. No, I wasn't going to give the exact ones, but I was going to give them an idea because I, I just don't yeah. want to tell them. I don't want them to, to put themselves in their own box. I want to give them a general idea. Um, you, can you, you, give, uh, you can give them ranges of what we would consider, maybe. Yeah. All right. Let me. I, don't like, I just don't like the advice that it's like, this is what we do, but then it's like not clear at all. And they have no roadmap at all. You know? No, no, no. I'm going to give them enough here so that I, they can I, they have something to work with. If you don't like it, then you can just you know, right, jump yeah. in. I, I like to consider too, like I thought about this recently, but like your margin might go down, but the number goes up as you scale. So like the margin for the business might shrink, but the number that actually affects your life, which is the amount of dollars or credits in your bank account will increase even though your margin is smaller because the overall size of the company is increasing. So just keep that in mind. Like don't just stick to that margin number and be like, it has to be this or else I'm not going to make any money. Yeah. So at the moment, Jacob and I, we have not yet elected to S Corp and there's a, a billion reasons that we could say not a billion, but there, there we can not go free. into detail. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, some of it is, is relatively philosophical um, and you'll always find some of that, but um so this is based off of that, but we've also done it in preparation, knowing that once we do, this isn't going to change too drastically. Um, as far as uh, our gross profit goes, in my head, in a very loose way, I can expect when I see things, Jay can too, but I'm, I'm, you know, when I'm looking at the sheet, I think between, I got to inverse the number. No, I'll just say how I think of it. 25 to 30% is immediately going to be taken out before we get to payroll, right? And that's going to these categories. We have marketing expenses, savings, operating expenses, and profit, right? You said three, that's four categories. Oh, really? That's embarrassing. Yeah. (sighs) What am I doing? (laughs) Well, I saw the three and then I saw the last one. I'm like, oh, yeah, wait, because there was parentheses (laughs) with it. So I'm like, ah, parentheses, (laughs) that doesn't matter. But no, I did. So, (laughs) (laughs) but... Profit's a, a weird one. We we have profit set. We do profit first. Profit is a set allocation that we make. That'll be, happen. That'll be an episode on its own. Mm-hmm. And profit, profit first mentality. We have not yet elected S corp, so technically this isn't profit. This is an exercise in preparing for profit. Right. Right now everything is draws to us when it comes yeah. to the books and the IRS and that sort of thing. But we set it and it's set and that's what's get that's what gets paid. Now. I know there are people who are like 20 to, you know, what'd you say? 25 to 30%. And there's more than just profit in there. Like, I want that kind of profit. Go do it. You go figure it out and also sleep well at night. Right. Because the other things that I said here, we got savings. Um, and then also if you want higher profit, I said the the fluid one was payroll. Where's it going to come from? Right. It's going to come from payroll. So between 70 to 75%, is at the moment going to a blend of us and payroll. Those other ones are set. So for anybody who's in a similar position where they're starting to, it's not just them anymore, and they, they want a framework for having a team, take 20 to 25 to 30% and prepare to limit yourself, put caps on the categories of savings, marketing, 
profit and operating expenses. And I'm going to tell you, if you built things correctly and ideally, you should not have a lot of money going to marketing, right? We are inbound. And especially early on, what's your excuse, right? You have time. What's ours? What are you working on? What's our marketing? Like one or 2% or something like that? <laughs> yeah. Like it's super low. Yeah. We don't spend money on marketing. We we save that. Honestly, like it's been it's t-shirts a lot of time. Yeah. It's a glorified savings account. Yep. We don't. And it's because early on we spent our time getting published in articles and writing and that sort of thing. And, and that's us. That's our grind. And there's not there's just not a ton of money. to So it does. It becomes those other things like, do we have business cards? Do we have t-shirts? You know, um, things like that, that we can give away and that sort of thing. So um, savings, I think you should have a healthy amount. You should have a savings. Definitely have a savings. Be prepared. And and that's basically profit. Like a, a CPA is going to see our savings account as it, they're going to combine it with profit. Right, because, retained earnings because that's what it is. But for us, we we actually wall a separate account off for profit and just call it savings, and we don't we don't distribute that. Yep, I think savings is important. If if you only think of it in two ways, one is uh, lawsuits. <laughs> are you are you prepared to handle any legal issues that come up? We had to dip into that one time. <laughs> <laughs> are you prepared to keep paying your team in a disaster scenario? I think. This is where the Japanese part comes out of me. Um, it is embarrassing if something happens to your company and you cannot pay your team for a month. What or are you any doing? Of time. Yeah, I mean, I'm just saying one, right? Because that's this was COVID and everybody was like, "There's no payroll. What are we supposed I to think do?" It's embarrassing if you can't even do it for the week. Like if you miss one pay period, I think that's embarrassing. Oh, no, sorry. When I said a month, I'm at the minimum. The month is the minimum. You should be prepared. In my <laughs> oh, in my right, mind. Right, right. Like I'm expecting, I, I want at, at the bare minimum us to just go flat well, and yeah. pay the team for a quarter. Right. Do, just, do we only have a quarter? I thought we had like six months in there. Yeah. So it fluctuates, right? Yeah. Because, because we haven't elected to S corp yet. This is what happens. So we get to the end of the year and then our accountant says, guys, you have too much money in the business. You're going to get taxed because we have not yet elected to S corp. So we Can have we take a to, private jet to Paris. no (laughs) um yeah so we we have to balance out okay well we're gonna get taxed and we have to pay taxes on this money because it's you know it's retained earnings that they're going to tax us on um so anyway i i do i think that's very important the lawsuit is one thing yes you should be prepared for any legal issues that come up but you should you care about your team i'm hoping you do that you should be prepared to, if something happens to the company, keep paying them for a while so that they can be set up in any any scenario. One, I hope you don't want to lose anybody on your team. I hope you like them. It can pay them enough while the, the company adjusts to get income coming back in in a, in a disaster scenario. Or two, pay them long enough and give them enough time to go find, you know, help them find the job that they need to do as a replacement. Can, that I, give sort you, of thing. can I give you two examples of things that can happen to your company? So. Yeah. So one example is like realistic examples, not just like, ah, I lost all my clients or like, you know, my sex tape got out and now nobody wants to work with me. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's not what I'm talking about. Like if you are primarily a social media marketing agency and you're doing Facebook ads and you're, I don't know, your Facebook account gets hacked and, (laughs) and suddenly a hacker is spending $30,000 on, on accounts. Um, and you can't get back in your Facebook. Your whole Facebook ad operation is basically shut down and Suddenly, like you can't work with your clients. They're, they're, if if you retain those clients, you don't have income coming in for those months or however long that takes. It, it took me six weeks to get my account back and having to work with the company to help me get it back. There, we have a whole episode on it. I think it's like episode 62-ish or something like that. Um, we talked with Aura and um, um, explained the whole situation of, of what happened and how we got it back. But that's one thing that will actually like shut your business down. And are you going to let your team go? Or are you not going to pay them? Like, what are you going to do? Um, I, I guess if you're contracting, outsourcing things, you don't have to pay your contractors. But like, again, if you're doing your business right and that happens, you got to have a way to pay your team. Mm-hmm. Um, also, if you want to prevent that from happening, go to aura.com forward slash everbros and get 50% off. Good plug. Which is like that's good. 10, I think it's like 15 bucks a month. 
and it's you can monitor cheap. you can monitor all of your logins, all of your passwords, um, and have actually identity theft protection of uh, up to a million dollars. This is if you're in the U.S. So if you're not a U.S. Um, a resident, then you can't get Aura. Sorry, um, but um, that was just shameless plug. The second, the second thing that could happen is you don't put barriers in place and you have one or two companies, one or two clients that are 20 to 30% of your revenue and uh-huh. you lose them. And so this happened to us early on where I made it very clear that I don't, we had a, the biggest client ever and they were probably at the time, probably 15 to 20% of our revenue. Um, and we were faced with the idea of, or do we fire this client and get rid of them? Or do we keep them and suck it up? And I remember telling you that I didn't want to be, I didn't want my business ran by one particular client or any of my clients and we fired them. And so since then, we've had a rule, um, somewhat of an unwritten rule where we don't include, I think it's our top three uh, highest performing accounts or our highest uh, revenue accounts in our MRGP calculation. So if we have... Three, cl- three accounts doing 5K a month in profit, that's 15K. And all of our other accounts are doing 20K a month in profit. Um, we budget ourselves off of 20K a month. And we don't include those, those top three. And that, that's a safeguard to prevent us from relying on the revenue from one client. So just a two, two very real world <laughs> examples where it doesn't require a sex tape getting released or... <laughs> You, um, you know, being seen in the same picture as Andrew Tate or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, so the other two being the operating expenses and profit, but uh, operating expenses can get wild. And I really don't think that they should for for a digital marketing agency, especially like Jake said, a remote one. What are you paying for? And there are things, there are legitimate things that you're going to pay for. And I get that. Right. And we've actually noticed ours have crept up and we are overdue for a, a price adjustment. And we've mentioned that before, too. So that's going to kind of reset and readjust things. Um, but just knowing those two, I think the what, what do we have for time? OK, final piece of advice for profit. I think it's more important to prepare for receiving profit for the exercise of doing profit. Right. As opposed to the the percentage being important early on too, right? Um, you you might not even be thinking yet of the split between what your draw is if you haven't elected S corp yet, right? What your draw is and what profit is, because again, you don't have to. But if you're going to switch and you're going to elect S corp later, you're going to take your salary and you're going to take profit distributions. I think it's a good idea. We both do. Wait, this is why we do this to get ready and prepare for the exercise of. This is the payroll. This is the profit allocation. So in preparing to do that, that's where you set aside money for profit, right? It's profit first. And the percentage isn't critical as much as doing it and getting ready for the life where you have that happening on a regular, consistent basis. And I think that one of the biggest things that this does, and I see this trips people up, is it mentally disassociates you from the money being your money versus the company money, right? I I think that, again, back to egos, back to the beginning where I said ego problems. When people think that the company money is their money and not the company money, that ends up being a hindrance in the business because you think of, well, I could just have that myself, right? As opposed to first thinking first, right? The first thing that you should think is, well, for the company, what should be happening? What should we be doing? How should we be prioritizing this as opposed to, well, that could be in my wallet, right? Mm-hmm. That this exercise of doing that, of getting your allocations put in those places gets you prepared to have your big boy pants on for when the time comes where you do elect to escort. I'm drawing a diagram for the, for the watchers and for maybe I can pants. Expl- yeah. Well, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. For, uh, maybe like when I explain it, the, the listeners will hear it too. Um, at least before the YouTube video comes out. Okay. Let me fold this because I, I made a couple different iterations of it. This is how we are structured when we're not escorted. This is us being an LLC and us doing the exercise of profit and where we exist. So uh, this, that big circle, you probably can't read it, but that big circle 
right here, that's payroll. That's the biggest expense in the agency. These four down here from left to right are OPEX or operating expenses. That's like, you know, Google workspaces or our domain or our reporting tools, things like that. There's savings, profit, and then marketing right there. This one right here that just kind of exists, that's Cody and Jake. And that in a traditional business sense where you don't do profit first, that's profit. That's just where the extra money goes. So what the we have a, a small bucket for profit that already exists. Eventually, what's going to happen is when we escort Cody and Jake, we're going to be absorbed into payroll. And then this profit one right here, I think that's profit. Yeah, that's going to get a little bit bigger because Cody uh-huh. and I are going to take home less money um, on a monthly basis, but be distributed out on, more on a quarterly basis. And so like... I, I kind of think of it as like this amorphous blob of accounts where it's like once you when you're when you're an LLC, you have, you have money that just doesn't go anywhere. And it eventually it goes into your, the owner's pocket. And that's what it's there for. But when you're an S-Corp, the walls get more rigid. That Cody and Jake bubble is going to absorb into payroll. And then um, what's left over is going to that profit uh, bubble is going to get bigger. And then those they start they, they stop becoming circles and they become rigid squares and now yep. nothing is moving um so uh that's just kind of how i envision uh bus no that's good i'm glad you did that yeah my expert drawer <laughs> dude I'm, I'm hungry are you done talking yet yeah i'm done i'll shut up we're good um planet fitness i got has, spicy though hopefully was, people <laughs> like this i like i was that. like I was let's good. go I thought it was good um planet fitness i was there this morning and i saw that they had a new ghost energy drink flavor I've been super into Ghost, and uh, they just came out with a sour pink lemonade. So uh, cool. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go back and get one. I've go never back. gone to it. I've never. Yeah, I've never gone to a gym to get a snack, but I'm gonna do that now. <laughs> First for the opposite reason. It's like going to. It's like going to Pizza Hut to work out. <laughs> All right. Well. All right. Well, everybody, hope you enjoyed that one. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time. See you.